1979. Hell of a year. China invades Vietnam. The Muppet movie. Love that film. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Skylab falls to Earth. With a little help from me. Nearly took off the thumb. And I like my thumb. I need my thumb. I'm very attached to my thumb. 1879. Same difference. You'll explain your presence and the nakedness of this girl. Are we in Scotland? How can you be ignorant of that? Oh, I'm, I'm dazed and confused. I've been chasing this, this wee naked child over hill and over dale. Isn't that right, yeah? Timorous beastie. Oh, guy. I've been boot in a boot. No, don't do that. Hoots, mon. No, really don't. Really. Well, you identify yourself, sir. I'm Dr. James McCrimmon from the township of Balamori. Uh, I have my credentials, if I may. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Live from the council's van, this is Doctor Who Podshot. This is Doctor Who Podshock episode 54 for the week of, hmm, let's see, uh, October 9th, 2006. It's been a while. And alongside me, Ken Deep, is Mr. Louis Trapani, and Hello. across the pond, way across the pond, Mr. James Naughton. Hello. Well, it's been a while since we've, uh, three of us have gotten together for Doctor Who Podshock. And uh, actually, we're all we're all pretty stoked, being that we've had a um, a bit of a holiday. Yeah. Doing, well, every, all of us except Lewis, of course, who who's been editing like a madman. As always. <laughs> well, it's, I was going to say the, that, but hey. <laughs> the uh, Doctor Who newsroom, and uh, and at at the top of the Doctor Who news items is the rumor of James Norton leaving the uh, uh, Podshock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this was brought to my attention uh, recently, actually from uh, Seb over at Doctor Who Online, who we interviewed in our last podcast. Uh, but I was talking to him on Yahoo, and he's like, uh, I hate to bring this up, but are the rumors true? And I'm like, what rumors? And he was explaining how there's this, apparently there's this whole thread on uh, Outpost Gallifrey in the forums that uh, suggests that I am leaving Doctor Who Podshock and that uh, Colin, uh, alias Abbasock, of course, is going to replace me <laughs> as part of the UK correspondent sort of a thing. So, yeah, that's what it's all about. And uh, so... It was kind of news to me at the time as well. I didn't realize that I was going to embark upon a solo career, uh, <laughs> leave Doctor Who Podshock, but Colin's a good guy, so yes. if, if anyone was going to replace me, I'd want it to be him. James, this is a good time as any. Uh, Ken and I need to talk to you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Joining us right now is Colin. Hello, Colin. <laughs> James, it was nice. Um, no, 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 no. This is, we're all 
in jest we're, here. Yeah, we're all, all three of us are, are uh, a solid here, despite our... Uh, our uh... And we love Colin as well, and Colin's always oh, welcome yeah. back to the show, and uh, we hope to have him back on the show as a regular contributor to Doctor Who Podshock, as he has been, and uh, he's a great asset to us, and um, we enjoy uh, Colin very much. So, and, if, and if James can't seem to make a show, then, you know, Colin, uh, you know, Colin says he's always available, so... <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, guys. No oh. pressure on you, James. <laughs> I can see this is going to end up with lots and lots of recurring jokes. <laughs> well, it's good to see that we're, we're all having a good time after, after such a layoff, but uh, let's, let's jump into the real Doctor Who news. Uh, well, I, I do just before we do that, I just do want to thank uh, Mark Ayers uh, for our interview that we had a couple of Podshocks ago and yeah. thank everyone for their very positive uh, feedback that we've been getting for that episode. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a delight interviewing him and we all had fun with it. And, um, you know, hopefully. And we're glad you guys enjoyed it as yes. much. All right. So let's go over to Lewis in the uh, Doctor Who newsroom and. Uh, Find out what's going on in the world of Doctor Who. We ha we have a lot to catch up on as we haven't recorded a fresh podcast in, in quite a few weeks. Yes, yes. Mm. There's um, plenty to kind of cover. So um, just um, some of the stuff that we I had already uh, touched upon in episode 52 and now news highlights is um, that BBC America is going to be showing the 2005 Christopher Eccleston series uh, so people in the U.S. will have, um, now that the Sci-Fi Channel is showing the David Tennant, you know, 2006 series, series two, uh, people in the U.S. will have the opportunity of catching two Doctors, two Doctor Whos on uh, two different channels, uh, if, you, if, you know, if you get BBC America and the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, and that's, I believe it's starting that anniversary week in November. Um, I don't know the exact date offhand, maybe... Isn't it the twenty third is uh, Doctor Who's anniversary, and yes. maybe it's maybe it's premieres the twenty first or something like that. Anyway, if you go to the BBC America site, I'm sure it's there. This is the beginning of the world domination we spoke about with the return of Doctor Who. You know, this is the reason why we uh, we started doing Doctor Who Podshock, and um, and Lewis relaunched the Gallifrey Embassy website. I mean, we knew with the with the introduction of a brand new series and there's going to be a whole new generation of Doctor Who fans in addition to the legions of fans that have already been out there you know now the demand is get is is it's growing for Doctor Who and this is a great example of it you know Sci-Fi Channel uh, ran season, uh, series one in a marathon prior to season two uh, kicking off in late September so well, I'm glad just... that the BBC Americans finally came to their senses about, you know, showing Doctor Who because that weren't their stance originally uh, before the Sci-Fi Channel picked it up was that that Doctor Who didn't represent the BBC or some such nonsense yeah, like that. Yeah, they had some kind of some kind of you know, from someone that we we know inside the uh, BBC America, they they just kind of had the attitude that in particular, uh, in reference to the older show, the, the classic series, uh, that Doctor Who didn't represent uh, what we feel uh, the BBC should be represented as. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if you say so, you know, it's, probably it's only... next, to, next to maybe Monty Python, the second most famous British television show. It's only been an institution on the BBC. Um, granted, there was a 16-year gap there, but it's, you know, since... Um, 1963. <laughs> anyway, so um, 
and well, also, apparently the the new show represents the BBC, you know, pre presents the BBC in in, in a positive well, light. Well, I mean, this is when we were inquiring with BBC America about you know petitioning them to get Doctor Who, the new series, you know, and they seemed to be shrugging it off and were mm. you know didn't seem interested. You know, it wasn't mm. until the Sci Fi Channel has picked it up and shown it now that they're you well, know, they, they they wanted the NBC money and they got it. You know, now now that it's already a success and it's already established it's uh, and right. it's been shown a lot yeah. it's the, the, the right DVD are, sets are out and now yeah, the price they tag probably is, got it for cheap and yeah. and now all of a sudden it represents BBC America mm. good for them yeah I think that was a load of rubbish though it was probably because they couldn't afford it that uh, or they knew that the BBC yeah. was going to give it to uh, a higher profile network not that the BBC BBC America isn't a superb channel because of course it is but you know, I think they wanted something a bit more mainstream. Yeah, they were probably uh, holding out for, you know... Somebody else. Like, yeah. they, it would have been great if they could have got it on uh, ABC or something, because I guess they were in talks with lots of different networks, uh, and the Sci-Fi Channel would just so happen to be the one that put the best bid in or was the one which the BBC felt would be the most suitable uh, for the target audience in America. Who can say? But, you know, I think that's just... Uh, marketing rubbish or you know PR stuff that they're trying to say oh you know we can't they're not saying we can't afford it they're saying oh we're too good for it sort of a thing so I don't know it's it's mm -hmm. daft isn't it it's yeah. crazy yeah. well another old piece of uh, news that um, that we covered um, in episode 52 was that uh, Doctor Who is now you can now rent classic episodes of Doctor Who through Amazon.com, and I say rent because you can you you can download them for um, for for a fee, and you can view them for a certain amount of time, and then they're not, then they kind of disappear or they're no longer viewable. Um, I, I I don't know if there's an option to purchase it after that, but um, it's it doesn't seem very cost effective, and it's they're rather large downloads, and uh, I I think I. And it's also limited to just the PC platform because of the digital rights management that they're using. Mm. Um, mm. So it's uh, it's using, I think, um, I don't know if it's Windows protected media, but uh, anyway, long story short is that a better option would be if they made these episodes available through iTunes, which would have been available for both yeah. platforms, and you can actually purchase them and not rent them, you know, and then you can view them at your leisure. At yeah. your leisure. Yeah. You know, well, you know, well, yeah. I'm really waiting. My, I have a video iPod, and I'm, you know that's just a great to mm -hmm. to have the episodes on on an iPod would be a great thing. You know, you, you're commuting to work, or you're stuck, you know, waiting for somebody. Whatever. Not that we you advocate you watching you video while commuting to work, unless you're in the passenger seat. No, no, I'm not saying if you're on a on a train, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't true. know. If, well, but but it, even it, if you just wanted to listen to it, I would listen yeah, to a yeah, Doctor yeah, Who yes. episode. But I think also it's to do with licensing and stuff because I think at the moment that uh, only TV shows and movies are be are on the U.S. Uh, iTunes store and stuff. Uh, well, this instead is of, this is the so future of of television and, and of broadcasting is the, the ability now to you know when VCRs first came out and and you know there was this whole debate about the time shifting and is it legal to record a TV show. And all that kind of stuff that happened 20 years ago. This mm. is the future now. No one wants to. I'll have to be home Thursday at eight o'clock to watch a show. You know, you can yeah. download it or you can um, you can subscribe to it and watch it whenever you want to watch exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, the, the, obviously, yeah. It's yeah. It's, this is well, 
this yeah. is this is a, the, an experiment with well, Amazon yes. to see how this is going to go. Well, I, well, I think you know what what iTunes is doing, and you know, I, I think this is very much the future of of television because uh, no longer do we want to have to pay for a smorgasbord of channels that we only watch two or three of them, and you know, and and the content we just want to get the content that we want, and we're willing to pay for it. You know, everyone was skeptical about about paying for music downloads, and um, obviously iTunes has proved them wrong, and and other music um, sites that are selling uh, legal music downloads have proved them wrong as well. iTunes is actually um, now one of the top ten um, retailers for music, you know, and that includes you know, the, you know your WalMarts and all these other big retailers. So. I think they're number four or f right yeah, on the heels. Yeah, four or five, something like that, yeah. So um, obviously it, there's a market for it and people are willing to purchase um, what they want to buy. And, you know, if they're worried about, you know, if these contact providers are worried about people getting it by other means without purchasing it, you know, by not offering it at all, you're just encouraging that more. So uh, give, it, give us a legal way to, you know, download this and view it on our you know, on our computers or our iPods or whatever, or um, make that option available to us. And also, you know, I, what I really like about the, the technology with these things is that there there is no packaging. I mean, just from a, if you just wanted to take it from an environmental yes, point of view, there's no plastic being made or all this kind of thing. You just, you're just getting the content, which is what you want. And anyway. you're getting it immediately. You're not, you know, you don't yeah. have to, you know, wait for it to be shipped to you or going to the store to buy it and, you know, it's um, immediate, you know, so whenever you have the inkling to, oh, you know, I'm in the mood for, I don't know, Seeds of Doom, you can just, you know, download it, it and there you are. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And this is all this is all the beginnings of, of video on demand and television on demand and some of the things that, you know, this is this is just the beginning of it. That's that's really I mean, everybody who follows anybody who's listening to a podcast is is very, uh, very in tune with with technology and, and what's going on. And and so, it's not going to hurt DVD sales because the DVDs always are packed with extras, and uh, and the fans that are buying the DVDs are buying it, you know, because of you know the the the, the real content of the episodes plus all those extra materials and commentaries and um, everything else that are packed on DVDs. So I, I don't believe it's going to hurt sales. It may even encourage sales. Yeah. Mm. What else do we have in the newsroom? So I guess uh, one of the biggest news items this week is about Torchwood, which will be starting on the 22nd of October on BBC Three, which is, of course, the uh, the brand-new Doctor Who spin-off series uh, featuring Captain Jack from the first series of Doctor Who. Uh, so it's, it, I'm really excited about this. There's loads and loads of trailers online about this and in the UK you can see billboards everywhere right now and stuff on but the size of buses uh, so I think it's going to be huge and there's all sorts of uh, really cool rumors and stills from trailers and speculations if you head over to uh, torchwoodtv.blogspot.com that's a really cool website um, that's been going for about a year now basically kind of like a Torchwood blog and uh, there's all sorts of information on there. You can find the trailers on there. Uh, it's looking really cool, and I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. Now, it's after, it, it premieres um, after Watershed, so we know it's going to be sometime after 9 p.m., but we, do we have an exact time? Uh, no, not as yet. I don't have an exact time myself. Uh, there's been rumors of 8 or 9 o'clock because uh, it's 
said to be, you know, it's not for kids, or that's been what uh, Russell T. Davies is it watershed at 9 p.m. though? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, there's been rumors that it's going to be 8 o'clock, some say 9 o'clock. You know, it all depends because I guess when it goes into the realm of. Uh, Digital television, uh, I think it might even be 8 o'clock, I don't oh, know. I see. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of a bit sketchy with the watershed on non-terrestrial. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 9 o'clock, because then it's slap bang, you know, just the right time, I think. Uh, but Sunday, I'm not sure why it's on a Sunday evening, because originally I think it was rumoured to be on the 14th of uh, October, which is the week before. Which is, which is a Saturday. Which is a Saturday, which would kind of fit in better for, in my opinion, for scheduling and stuff. Because, but then again, I don't know. Maybe more people go out on a Saturday at that time, so maybe they're trying to get. Well, that that could be very the very well be the case because the demographic that they're trying to capture perhaps are your you know maybe eighteen to thirty five year olds that will be going out on Saturday nights at that time. So maybe Sunday is not a bad time. You know, after all, and in the states, yeah. the X Files at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night was a huge hit. I mean, it was the perfect time slot for a show like that. And well, maybe that's what very much is a X Files style program. Mm. Yeah, because that's what uh, Russell T Davies has described it as, pretty much. I think the kind of the British X Files sort of a thing, very dark, very sexy sort of a show. Um, so I, I wasn't aware that the X-Files was broadcast on a Sunday at that time in the US when it was in its prime. So maybe that's what the BBC is going for then. Yeah, James, uh, Ken, didn't it originally start out on Friday nights? And it then it did. And, and, yeah. and Friday nights is the kiss of death as Star mm. Trek and V and, and all that. You know, you, you can go on out, which is funny that... The Sci-Fi Channel's biggest night is Friday night with Battlestar and Doctor Who now. It's just, it's puzzling to me. It really well, is. I mean, to their credit, what the Sci-Fi Channel does is uh, repeat them after midnight, and so you have an opportunity to catch it multiple times, you know, so you're not just, you know, if you miss one sh And then today with the advent of TiVos and digital recorders and time shifting, and, and also, speaking of iTunes, going back, you can download Battlestar Galactica episodes through iTunes. So I think people have uh, um, more choices available to them to fit, you know, to time shift, you know, viewing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Obviously, we're in a, we're in a different era now, but it just uh, it just seemed a little a little puzzling to me that. Well, well you know, the, the the huge success CBS had with Threshold on Friday night. <laughs> Sorry, I just had, just following up Tumbleweeds. on an earlier story. <laughs> Tumbleweeds. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I won't kick them while they're down. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, this the the whole thing's really getting exciting. I mean, we're just you know days, couple weeks, only a matter of days till till Torchwood kicks off, and and that that of course will will put us in Doctor Who mode, leading right into uh, the Runaway Bride. Mm. Yes, yes, which um, mm. will be. Um... I'm, I'm really excited to see Captain Jack back because I was really um, I was. Spoiler alert here, but I, I was just a little disappointed that that he didn't have an appearance in in season two. So to have it, this will be the first we've seen him since since um, parting the ways. Yeah. What, in, in the in the Runaway Bride? No, in uh, Torchwood. Oh yeah, in Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, obviously he'll be in Torchwood, but he's supposed to also be in series three. And in, in, well, we already gave it away at a you know in an a earlier, day, earlier yeah. podcast, but. You know he's going to be 
in a um, in the climax or the the, the season finale. Well, they, mm. there was speculation he was going to be in the season finale of series two, and that didn't happen. So these could be, for, you know, just uh, yeah, red herring, just complete yeah, thrown rumors. Out just to, yeah. To well, yeah, I mean, it's. I know it's been officially said, but then again, there's been other official announcements that have come to naught, so <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah. What else is Billy in the Doctor Piper. Who newsroom? Well, it's been quite some time since we last uh, communicated with you guys, I guess, about news. The listeners out there, just because of uh, scheduling, uh, we've been very busy and we've ha- had a bit of time off. Yeah, but, well, um, Colin said he'll fix that. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. No, no, it's not, it's not all on James's um, shoulders. I, no, I also... I'm teasing him, of course. <laughs> it's going to be a long recording night, I can tell you now. <laughs> I just know it. <laughs> Lots of dodgy jokes. But anyway, moving on. Uh, basically, uh, what I was going to say was uh, Russell T. Davis has talked about Series 4. Uh, in quite a lot of depth, actually. Uh, for a while in early September, mm-hmm. there was all sorts of buzz around the net about, uh, ooh, Series 4 is coming and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was no, it was a no-brainer for me. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they've scheduled up to Series 5 or Series 6 already. Um, well, the, the thing is that they have budgeted for it. Russell T. Davies cannot wait until it's actually commissioned. He, I mean, because once he gets the go-ahead to go, then he needs to be prepared for it. So they have to prepare for Series 4, you know, you know regardless. Absolutely. So I, I'm sure you're right. There's probably even um, stories that couldn't fit into Series 4 that are now waiting in the wings for Series 5. You know, so, you know... In, you know, there hasn't been an official announcement from the BBC's, you know, commissioning series four, but it's it's a surefire bet that there will be, and the production team needs to be, you know, ready to go forward with that. So yeah, I'm glad that they are working on that and plans yeah. are underway. But it's great also that he says that he will stay for series four, um, and he says that he thinks that Julie Julie Gardner, of course, uh, who's executive producer, Phil Collinson, who's the producer. Kind of because they've been really. I mean, I know there have been other producers along the way, but they've been the real core behind the the kind of rejuvenation of Doctor Who. Um, and, and it's yeah, great I, that they're all going to be on board for the fourth series as well. Also on board will be uh, David Tennant, and then I mean, there's been all this rumor and speculation. After that, he's going to leave and and pursue because he's been being offered film roles and what have you, and so. Uh, but that, I mean, that shouldn't be too outlandish or too outrageous, you know, to think about, you know, three years is a good stay for um, someone in the role as the, as the doctor. As, um, yeah, you know. I mean, that's about average, right? Yeah, well, you had um, Hartnell, Troughton, Davison, um, you know, they, 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 they did their three-year um, yeah, so terms. Yeah, it's a good run, um, I think, and it's it's... Not surprising because uh, he's a very, uh, very much in-demand actor, and uh, he he's been in lots of different films, um, uh, not just British ones, but things like Harry Potter and stuff. So of course, mm-hmm. as as I guess as Hollywood becomes more aware of him as well, that, that he's going to be snapped up for more movies. It's it, yeah, you know, and Doctor Who's a very demanding, you know, time-demanding. Um, 
yeah roles so um, yeah. that, it just stands to reason so but you know um you know whatever will be will be let's worry about that let's first get through the next series and then we'll start worrying about what's going to happen at the end of series four yeah let's focus on the here and now i guess uh but it's just it's nice to know that they they have uh budgeted or they're thinking about it that it that you know yeah the outlines and, and story ideas and you know it's it's like i said before you know you have to prepare yourself because you can't just wait until the you know they actually commission the series because then you'll be unprepared so yeah they've always got to be thinking because it's full credit to the the bbc and everyone who organizes it because i would have thought that it would have been a logistical nightmare because while you're filming the third series I guess all the time you've got to be thinking about the fourth series and writing episodes for the fourth well, series. And then on top of that, many of these uh, people are, I'm assuming, I know Russell T. Davies, of course, but I'm, I'm assuming there may be others in this production team will be overlapping with Torchwood and maybe working both series and... So, I mean, there's there's more to juggle, you know, since they're doing more than one series. Yeah, and even not even that, but also um, the new Sarah Jane Adventures, which is going to be on... now has been official. We spoke about yes. it yeah. previously, and James, you had mentioned that it's slated for early 2007. Yes, that's right. On CBBC. Yeah, I think they're going to do a 60-minute special, uh, which is going to be broadcast in early 2007. So I guess that means... Uh, January or February, with then so, a series following later in the year. So who knows just, what that just means? Just to recap, uh, Elizabeth Sladen's coming back to reprise her role as Sarah Jane Smith, and she's doing this um, solo without K9, or do you know if K9's involved? Um, I have no idea. You still don't all know all that. the BBC have said about it is that uh, a young lass called Yasmin Page will join. Uh, Sarah as a 13-year-old neighbor named Maria. Uh, and basically, uh, Sarah and Maria form this alliance to fight alien forces at work in Britain. Oh, Torchwood. Um, yeah, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> but uh, it's well, it set in London. Go it on, is so interesting. I was just going to say, I was just going to comment that it would be interesting if K9 was involved, because then essentially there'll be two K9 series because there's the uh, this the the live Jetix, action and yeah. CGI K9 series that are underway as well um, as an independent production, and then the Sarah Jane Smith series. If that features K9, they'll you'll have an opportunity to catch K9 in two different series. Though one he looks vastly different than what we know. It, it's a, I think it's a little too much like K9 overkill, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, well, everybody you know loves K9. As long as Ian Levine doesn't do the music, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure probably that won't be the case. <laughs> but I, I would have thought, I'm hoping yes, and I'm hoping that it is the K9 that we all know and love because... Well, we saw at the end of School Reunion, I, I'm assuming this timeline is going to take place after School Reunion episode so that we, you know, she has a functioning working K9 at the end of that episode, so... I hope, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> for those that haven't seen it. <laughs> well, by the time now. this episode airs, the Sci-Fi Channel will have shown it. Possibly, okay. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. But yeah, yeah, anyway. You're probably right, yes. But, um, you know, it's certainly going to be interesting. And But the, the point, going back to what we were talking about originally, is that there is a lot of work that goes into Doctor Who. It's not just Doctor Who. It's several series at once now. And I guess that's why we here at Doctor Who Podshock were a bit concerned for a while that 
they'd be juggling so many different things that it would be very difficult for them to kind of stay on track and uh you and know, plus we would have to report focused. on all more <laughs> absolutely more work for us but uh no there is it must be a logistical logistical nightmare so they really really do have to plan and keep everything together and tight so that uh, it works and uh, they can actually make a series and then put it out there absolutely yes uh, kudos to all those involved and we do appreciate it absolutely and what else do we have um i i, I don't know james do you have anything else I, I just a quick mention just a reminder that um that the, the um, series 2 of the 2006 series is coming out on DVD in North America on the 16th of January and um, just in time for me birthday just in time for your birthday <laughs> That's, they're, they're missing the holiday buying season but you know yeah. at least it's still a month earlier than February 14th which was was going to be the North American release date which was just actually the Canadian release date last year this year mm. rather. Mm -hmm. um, I do have kind of uh it's not really related to doctor who but uh one of our listeners um a guy called tony had, had contacted me uh, a long long time ago uh about in a galaxy starting, far far away in a galaxy far far away indeed <laughs> he had contacted me uh regarding starting his up his own uh podcast and uh he's now up to episode 11 um, it's, it, it really is very, very good. Um, I'm not just plugging it for the sake of plugging it, but it's, it's over at starshipsofa.com. Check it out. Or you can also email them at starshipsofa at gmail.com. And what uh, is it about? It's basically everything to do with sci-fi. Um, they basically do, uh, kind of almost like a review every week of one of their most fa uh, favorite, uh, sci-fi movies or sci-fi shows it's kind of a it's a good random mix they they don't really bother with spoilers it's just kind of literally their entire thoughts about one particular area of sci-fi i think it's really good fun um and it's really great to hear because it, it's a bit like Podshock in the fact that it's a couple of guys just talking about uh their passion in sci-fi and uh, it, it, I think it is an awesome podcast. I really do enjoy it. And uh, head on well, over to... If they have a promo, we could play it here as well. I know that uh, I do need to get in touch with them and see about getting a, pr a promo organized. We uh, need to get a promo. <laughs> we need to get a promo. Yes. Yeah, because I think we did one and then that was that. <laughs> well, actually, I, and I haven't discussed this with, with Ken and James yet, but um, one of the ideas that I was um, toying with was um, opening it up to our listeners and have them come up with a promo as a competition and offer some lucrative prize. Ooh, lucrative <laughs> prize. My favorite. <laughs> you could be our... A box of jelly babies. You could be our UK host. <laughs> no, that's already going to oh. Colin. Oops. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> we love you, James. <laughs> James has been here since uh, from the beginning, and we're not letting him go. <laughs> we're like the mob we come on pulling him back in he keeps on trying to get out but we keep on pulling him back in <laughs> well uh while we're while we're in the news uh news area i just wanted to do a quick convention update because i haven't done one of those in a while and just to bring it because we're heading into 
convention season and uh, that's right there's one around the corner from us on the corner united fan con is coming up november 10th 11th and 12th 2006 and it's at the springfield marriott in springfield massachusetts um not to be our listeners will be recognized springfield from the simpsons so Uh, they've got a great a great lineup including you know a doctor who guest which is always good uh william shatner's there you might have heard of this guy he he's uh he's been in star trek he's Uh, rumored to be the 11th doctor right yeah oh that guy and uh you know other guests from star from uh star trek and the x-files and uh, babylon 5 and and firefly and of course mark strickson uh who plays turlo in doctor who Will be uh, that's pretty cool. Ken, you're breaking up a bit. Sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) schmuckunks. February 16th, 17th, and 18th, 2007, of course, is the 18th Amendment of Gallifrey 1. Colin Baker, Nicola Bryant, Terry Malloy, and Maggie Stables are uh, amongst the guests, along with uh, Paul Carnell and Rob Sherman and Gary Russell. And uh, that's always uh, the, the folks who bring you outpost Gallifrey have that con running. And uh, actually, going backwards in time now to Chicago TARDIS, November 24, 25, and 26, 2006, Sylvester McCoy, Sophie Eldred, uh, Maureen O'Brien, Paul Darrow, Gabriel Wolfe amongst the guests. And that, of course, is the continuation of of many legendary November Chicago Doctor Who conventions. So that's a couple of things that are happening in this. uh, The the Chicago one is on Thanksgiving weekend, isn't it? Yes. Yes, as always. And, And the anniversary weekend, of mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Who. Makes sense. So that's uh, a, um, a brief update on some of the cons uh, stateside. And of course, there's also the, the Doctor Who cruise, which always takes place uh, yes. in, uh, in December. December, and yeah. It's... With Nicholas Courtney this year. Yes. And... Who's always a joy uh, for a number of reasons. First off, he's been with Doctor Who since the beginning. Um, and he's just got a, such a, a great recollection of everything about Doctor Who. A lot of times actors will be like, well, you know, that, was, that happened 30 years ago. I don't remember. He remembers every detail, and that's, that's really something very special. He's, he's, he's a gem. Well, he's a living I, legend. I should also want to uh, also add to the fact that Nicholas Courtney is being, um, is being joined with, um, well, not being joined with, but also joining Nicholas Courtney is Deborah Watling, uh, Victoria from Doctor Who, she'll be um, adding, you know, he's, she's, she's added to the lineup as well. So it's, it will be Nick Courtney and Deborah Watney and the possibility of more guests to be added. So um, ah. we, we, ran their promos, we ran uh, their promos in the past. And um, so, you know, it's, it sounds like a worthy and fun thing to do. Uh, I, I say worthy because they also offer... Uh, Doctor Who fan video production workshops as well on board. So, if that's something you're interested in, as well as meeting um, Doctor Who guests, um, this is a is the cruise for you. Board. Mm. If I was on a cruise, or I'd go just to uh, just to see Deborah Watling because she was a real hoot. I mean, but if girlfriend. Go- what? Sorry. One of your girlfriends. Indeed. 
<laughs> you called her posh, didn't you? Oh yes, yes. She 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 liked that. She loved it. But uh, no, she was lovely. And but to have such a that's great if they've got all those fantastic Doctor Who uh, actors there. I you know, I, I I'm really missing out with the conventions at the moment. I need to to get going to some more because they really are superb. And I always have a, a blast when I go, but I just never seem to have enough time to go. I'll have to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, Colin says he's got plenty of time. Oh, I'm sure he has. <laughs> I'm sure well, he has. <laughs> Boy, I'm just really letting James have it now, aren't I? <laughs> and then just uh, shooting forward to May, uh, Doctor Who in the Cavern 2, um, is uh, that's being put together as well we had you know obviously we covered doctor who at the cavern very heavily and um you know that their first one and um on may 6th at from 10 a.m to 5 p.m they'll be doing it all over again with confirmed guests colin baker eugene washington eric potts and uh deborah watling isn't that a little bit deja vu yeah a little bit <laughs> is that the, the exact lineup that they had? Oh, oh, you know what I'm reading? That, that's that, that last year. That's who they had. I, <laughs> the, I, I saw this. Well, it says who's going to be there? Question mark. And I had these names lined up there. I'm well, like, it's well, just, geez. it's just it, to me. It seemed a little funny because he like Eugene Washington, and no disrespect to him because he's a great actor. But he's like, so, so how's everything going with that? You know, uh, school reunion episode. Oh, it was, it was still great. It was still great doing that last year. You know, like. <laughs> Any news well, on that? On that? Uh, no, no, it was still great. <laughs> still great. Anyway, so I do apologize. They they're working very hard to get uh, to get their guests for the upcoming um, Doctor Who at the Cavern. So uh, it's just that where it said who's going to be there, and they had the list of names. I, I didn't read it fully, and they said last year we had before that. Mm, mm, mm. I thought it was a bit odd. I'm like, wait a minute, these are the same exact guests they had last year. But then again, maybe you go there this year and that you walk into a TARDIS and then they take you back to last year's. Never mind. Oh, boy. Next. <laughs> All right. What else do we have? Oh, uh, you you'd mentioned the uh, the video releases, Lewis, um, in in January. There's also uh, November has to uh, U.S. North. I should say North American. I want to be yes. Correct. Don't leave our Canadian friends out. No, I would never want to do that. Uh, two releases in early November coming in with uh, Mark of the Rani, I think, and what was the other one? Hand of Fear. So, ah. And then there's a bunch of UK releases, which is really exciting. Um, at, at, you know, the release schedule seems to be speeding up a bit, which is, uh, is great news. You know, originally we had we talked in the last episode about how we thought they were just we were waiting on the restoration team but the restoration team says they're a go and the release schedule is speeding up and there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out so um, you can always hit org for any of the details on that or... I'm really looking forward to that invasion whenever you know yeah. get my hands on that it's one the of my... animation yeah yes so yeah. Alrighty. Any other news, gentlemen? Not that I can think of. Okay, so um, we'll be coming right back with a short feature segment, and then we'll get to feedback, so see you in a bit. This is Deborah Watting, and you are listening to Doctor Who Pod Shock. The 21st century is when it all changes, and you 
Gotta be ready. Who are you? Torchwood. Special access, they said. For who? Torchwood. We're separate from the government outside the police beyond the United Nations. Owen Harper, Gwen Cooper. Toshiko Sato. Susie Costello. And this is Yanto Jones. And who are you then? Captain Jack Harkness. You're an alien culture. Yes, I am. Got any good aliens? Tons of them. That's a hell of a job. Torchwood. Coming soon to BBC Three. Okay, and we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. So, as many of our US uh, and probably North American listeners are aware, right now uh, the second series of Doctor Who is being shown on the Sci-Fi channel. And we went a bit crazy when it was being shown in the UK and did reviews every week of every single episode or previews or whatever you want to call them. Um, And we offered our listeners the opportunity to, to do so as well so that we could get a a good sort of roundtable discussion going on about what people liked about the series and what they disliked. But we really were kind of inundated with a huge amount of uh, reviews and we couldn't have, we didn't have the opportunity to play all of them on each show. So now that uh, the second series is being shown in the US, uh, we thought that we'd revisit some of the, the fantastic reviews that we didn't have the opportunity to, to play on the show. So uh, this is a review of Tooth and Claw by our good mate Ian Bissett, who's actually a Kiwi, but he's living down in Florida. So uh, take it away with your review, Ian. Hi, Podshockers. Ian Bissett here the sixth Doctor on the boards, with my first look at Doctor Who Tooth and Claw. But first, I want to say thank you to Lewis, Ken, and James for all their hard work. I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say how much we appreciate the hard work they put in week after week, giving up their spare time to put this show together, which we all enjoy. Also, I'd like to thank them for giving me this opportunity to contribute to the show, and to the other reviewers on the show for inspiring me to put this together. But that's enough gushing. Let's get down to it. My first look at Doctor Who Tooth and Claw. Well, actually I lied. I'm not done with the gushing. I enjoyed this episode. It, it was great. Um, I was a little dubious when I saw the teaser from the following episode. It's going to be a werewolf show. Okay but I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, it's, it's just wonderful. Uh, from the time the Doctor and Rose arrive in Scotland, uh, Rose has attempted a Scottish accent, and, and, and David Tennant doesn't do too bad. I mean, he obviously knows somebody who's Scottish. Pauline Collins as Queen Victoria is, is just great. In fact, the acting in this episode, I think, by all concerned, is is flawless. Um, all involved helps steer this this roller coaster ride of a story from its surprisingly action packed opening to the thought provoking close, with only a small pause somewhere in the middle for a breath. I I have to say about the show on the whole, at least this new season, is that I, I was happy with with New Earth, but I saw more of an intro of sorts, similar to Season 1's Rose. But it's clear to me after watching Tooth and Claw that the season's off to a great start. 
I have to say I am well pleased with how the whole show is going. Um, really looking forward to next week's episode. Um, I think the show is going great. It's new while harking back to the old show that I grew up with, retaining its Britishness, which is great. Considering how many shows tend to go for the mass appeal and ratings, Russell T. Davies pulls another great episode out of his hat. In closing, I just want to say that that till the series came back, I was pretty much a lonely Doctor Who fan. I was relegated to the bedroom to watch the few episodes that I had left on uh, DVD and VHS. But thanks to Russell T. Davies and all involved at the BBC who put the show together, not only is my six-year-old son now a fan, including his love of the old series tapes and DVDs that I've shown him, he's in fact actually looking forward to the return of K-9. But thanks to wonderful casting, my my wife is now watching the show. And that's all thanks to David Tennant for being just a little bit foxy. For my first look at Tooth and Claw, I gave it four TARDIS groans out of five. I held back on the last TARDIS groan because the season's new, and I can tell it's going to be one heck of a show. This is the Sixth Doctor... Signing off. Back to you, Lewis, Ken, and James. Cool. Thank you very much for the uh, yeah. the great and the kind words and the great review. And yeah, my wife calls David Tennant Doctor Hottie. <laughs> Doctor Hottie. Yeah. Oh, is Doctor Hottie on? She asks. So. <laughs> Well, I, I do want to encourage all our listeners that are now catching the 2006 series or series two on the Sci-Fi Channel. If you want, if you want to catch up on our reviews that we did on these episodes, uh, they're all available on our website or on our feeds. Uh, where we did, you know, at the time when they originally were broadcast on the BBC, we reviewed them, and um, we were also. At, it just coincided with the Sci-Fi Channel's uh, original broadcast of the 2005 series. So many of those episodes were double reviews, we were reviewing um, whatever was being shown on the Sci-Fi Channel from last year, from 2005 series, uh, series one, and we were doing series two. But if, if you go to our website, uh, thegallifriendembassy.org or podshock.net, we'll bring you to the same place, and uh, on the left column, there's a, it says topics, and one of them is, is DW uh, Podshock. And that's just abbreviated of Doctor Who Pachak, obviously. Click on that, and it will bring you to all our episodes there where you can manually download them. Or if you're using iTunes, you can just go to our iTunes section, uh, um, use Pachak as, as the keyword to search for, and you'll see all our episodes uh, listed there as well. If you want to grab them, uh, just look in the descriptions, and you'll see what we're reviewing, and um, you can grab them there. All right, so we're going to go right into our um, feedback section of the show. We've got, uh, since it's been a while since we recorded, we've uh, amassed lots of feedback, and um, so there's a lot to cover. Let's see, where should we start? Um, we can start with voicemails, if you like. Sure. Okay. First up, we have a friend of, of James, and it's not Colin. okay this is ashley and um this is what ashley had to say hi podshock um 
This is Ashley Harp. I'm actually a friend of uh, James's from the U.S. Hi, James. Um, and I just wanted to tell you guys about um, my trip to DragonCon. It was great, and there was a ton of Doctor Who support. Um, there were several um, Tom Baker uh, doctors. There was a couple of roses. There was an, even an inflatable Dalek, which was just crazy. And um, somebody brought in a life-size Doctor Who. Life-size Doctor Who, yeah, right. Um, uh life-size K9 that actually had a little TV on its side, and um, it was playing the first season, which is really awesome. Um, there were some aces there. Um, it was really awesome, and I thought you guys would um, like to know that Doctor Who was well-represented at DragonCon this year. Thanks for such a great podcast. Bye. And thank you, Ashley. Yeah, cheers. That's great to hear from you, Ashley. It's uh, nice to know that uh, you listen to the show. In there, didn't I? What's what that? I said all I heard was "Hi, James." <laughs> <laughs> There's no "Hi, Lou" or "Hi, Kenny" in there. Or you, not even a "Hi, Colin." You know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I, I think that uh, we're gonna have to uh, reevaluate. Uh, you know, maybe maybe James will have to stay on now that he's uh, so popular. You know, he's a big. <laughs> well, we've always said he has his groupies. <laughs> well, it's a groupie. You know, but but it was, it was it's great. Um, the the, re the report on DragonCon. I had some friends who went as well and said it was really spectacular this year. Uh, a lot of Doctor Who representation, uh, as she said. Uh, a lot of Star Wars, of course, as you always see. A lot of Firefly stuff and. And uh, I got a I got a really you know really great report back from DragonCon. I, I have to make a pilgrimage one of these years. My friends have always said, "Let's go, come on down with us," you know. And ah, now I regret not going. Yeah, it's one of the uh, those staple conventions that um, everyone kind of flocks to. And and always consistently very well done. All right. Well, um, next up we have um, we have Kevin, I believe. Yes, we do. We have Kevin who sent us this voicemail. Hey, Doctor Who Podshock. This is Kevin Devine. Um, I just got caught up with a lot of your shows. Well, actually, I think I'm only on 47, and I skipped and listened to 50 uh, because I haven't seen the end of uh, Series 2, the 2006 series. I really like your show. Uh, you, you guys do a very good analysis. I like having James there doing the analysis overseas because sometimes the British perspective is a lot different than the uh, U.S. perspective. And I really like the show and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to relate something. My wife is actually the big Whovian. Uh, she's the one that got me into Doctor Who and uh, I really enjoy all kinds of sci-fi. I actually uh, can watch pretty much any sci-fi including those uh, sci-fi channel Saturday movies and think that they're pretty good. But at the end of Love and Monsters, <laughs> and she, the, the reason we haven't seen the end of Series 2 is because at the end of Love and Monsters, she just went, what was that? And it was interesting because she didn't hate it because it was campy. She disliked it because it didn't have the doctor. And I think some of your callers have said that, uh, was it Mike? Or, I can't remember. So that that was kind of interesting. This is coming from somebody who has, uh, who actually recorded all of the uh, 
Doctor Who's that were shown on, PB, shown on PBS, and she recorded them all onto VHS tape and then converted them all to DVDs, trying to preserve them as best she could. Uh, I've, I've since been able to get some of the episodes that aren't available on DVD from better recordings, uh, and we're slowly trying to buy the DVDs that the BBC is trickling out. So I just want to call in and relate some of that and check how your uh, how your voicemail works. Thanks. Bye. And thank you, Kevin. Um, actually, there's uh, there's reports that next series, uh, series three or the 2007 series, there will be another episode similar to Love and Monsters where. Uh, I mean, let me just backtrack. The reason why the Doctor and Rose weren't really featured heavily in Love and Monsters was because they were double-backing the production where they were shooting Satan's Pits and... Uh, the Satan Pit and... Um, the, what was the other one in the same storyline? Oh, uh, Possible Planet. Impossible Planet, thank you. They were uh, shooting those two simultaneously while... Uh, another, you know, uh, unit. Another unit was um, shooting Love and Monsters. So obviously the actors couldn't be at two places at the same time. Uh, they're going to be doing something similar, to my understanding, for 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 this upcoming series as well. You know, it doesn't mean that it has to be another Love and Monsters. I personally hope it's not. I just, I mean, if it's another story without the Doctor and his companion, fine. Uh, they could do it in the style of the of Mission to the Unknown, where it could be a, a um, you know a, a teaser to another upcoming story, or um, you know, there's other ways of doing it, you know, without um, being silly and goofy and whatever. So um, that's what I'm hoping for, if that has to be. And thank you for your kind words. I don't know if if, if um, anyone else has any comments to make. No, it's just great to hear from listeners again, because uh, it's been so long since we've really sat down and done one of these. I, you know, I keep forgetting. We've gotten rusty. Well, we've got we've gotten <laughs> rusty, but not only that, but I, I keep forgetting how wonderful it is to hear from the listeners who say and then just say that they appreciate the show and uh, who want to contribute it as well. So. It's awesome. Yeah, we, we've we've continued to get a lot of um, feedback, you know, and and we do appreciate it. And a lot of people have a lot of um, things to say positively, and also constructive comments to make as well. And we appreciate them all, and uh, we we ask for them to keep coming. And um, you know, it, it is a listener involvement experience. And in exchange, this podcast is um, not just the three of us you know, rattling on. We like to think of it as an exchange with the community, with uh, Doctor Who fans, and give them a, a platform to, um, you know, to have their voice heard as well. As So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a dialogue, really. And, um, and we do appreciate it, you know. And, um, so keep them coming. And that's a good segue to one of our regular contributors uh, to feedback, Scott has um has always chimed in with his comments and uh after listening to Pachak 51 where we reviewed the Paul McGann the video movie the 1996 um feature uh Scott had some comments that he wanted to make concerning that so uh this is Scott Just listening to Doctor Who 50 Pachak number 51 this is D Scott 750 alias Scott McCallan talking about the 96 movie. I agree that they did 
make a few flaws here and there. Paul McGann, definitely A1 as the doctor. Eric Roberts, uh, he was good. Uh, he was good, and I do agree that maybe if they had used a different plot line, maybe of a peace accord instead of the Eye of Harmony, I still have always thought the Eye of Harmony plot line was what tied their hands. And maybe if they didn't have the Eye of Harmony plot line, Eric Roberts' character master may have worked a bit better. Secondly, the whole thing about him being half-human, yes, I do agree that they were probably trying to shoot for a Star Trek-ish type setup to where if he was half-human, people would better associate with him. But I also think they probably used the whole notion of him being half-human as a distraction so he could swipe the one scientist's little name badge. And as far and the switching between the, uh, and the regeneration things, oh, that was so cool. I think that was the most perfect, perfect regeneration scene I've ever seen. I've always, always have believed that it was a Khaled uh, master setup, or maybe a, how can I say this? Uh, sort of a maybe a, either a Dalek plot or a Dalek master plot in order to invade Gallifrey. Because I always thought that Master Snake resembled too much of a Khaled, and. Someone attempted to knock the doctor off uh, off course, and the shock to the system brought the master DNA uh, to the forefront. I know I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but I've always thought that maybe they it was sort of like a uh, they gave all the collet, this uh, master snake just enough master DNA this augmented Khaled, just enough master DNA in case someone checked. Now that I got my brain back in the right time frame, uh, as far as the rating goes, I agree, four. Four, at least, yeah, at least four the TARDIS groans for this uh, 96 movie. And once again, now that my brain is no longer in the uh, alternate timeline. These got 750 saying bye for now. And thank you, Scott. Yeah, I, I never really thought of it that way, where that, that could have been a Dalek plan. Uh, I guess, you know, that's that's a theory that, that's good as any, really. Um, I never really thought of that, that snake um, metamorphosis CGI thing that the Master was as um, a Khaled, but... Um, you know, who knows? <laughs> we, we don't know really the backstory about, uh, you know, it's kind of odd that the Master would be sentenced on the Dalek homeworld and, you know, Scarrow and it's, um, you know, it, it, I, I guess they just needed to add the Dalek somewhere in the story. <laughs> yep, I think it's a valid theory, just as much as anybody else's, so... I mean, uh, it's uh, nice to think about these things and just uh, come up with your own theories and ideas. Yeah. So. I mean, that's one thing that's so uh, that's that's great about Doctor Who is that it lends itself to um, the imagination for the viewers. You know, where you can think of these things and backstories, and not everything is always fully explained. And since there's such a vast history and um, 
and and material out there for Doctor Who. Um, plus, you're you're in a vehicle that can go anywhere, anytime. It just lends itself to countless possibilities. And um, you know, it's it's a wonderful format. You know, and it's a, it's a wonderful series that we can actually speculate and I, I always say that in the forums you know it's fun to speculate because often that's what we're doing in the forums and writing about different you know theories and maybe this is going to happen or that will happen or you know so it, it's it's a great open-ended format um you know that the series has given us yep so uh who's next on the uh the set well, that, box that, that covers our voicemails for this episode. Oh, I think we okay. have some emails lined up, James. Definitely. We have just been absolutely inundated with loads and loads of emails. Um, so I, I have to say that I do apologize because obviously we can't get through everybody's. But seriously, I really do appreciate the fact that you guys send us emails and we try to include as many as we can into Podshocks, but it's it's obviously very, very difficult. And uh, it's also not possible to reply to everybody. So I do apologize about that. But uh, the first thing that uh, I'd like to talk about is, uh, I think it was last podcast, possibly the podcast before, uh, where we recommended some viewing uh, and, and how oh, to yes. go about getting a hold of Doctor Who DVDs or Doctor Who mm -hmm. content for for newbies, essentially, for people who are new to Doctor Who. And, of course, we completely forgot. I think we did originally mention this, but we completely forgot about it at the time. Um, but that is, of course, so many people have emailed in and said, yeah. you know, Netflix, 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 of course, uh, Netflix and, of course, Amazon.co.uk or Amazon.com, I think, also do uh, DVD rentals uh, and offer a lot of Doctor Who titles. Um, so definitely head over to Netflix. Yeah. Uh, for, for those that aren't familiar with Netflix, is, um, as, as James just said, they offer rentals of DVDs and you subscribe to it just as if you were subscribing to any other service and you can um, get X amount of DVDs each month and you return them and you have like a, a, an ongoing checklist with them, which ones you want next in your queue and then they send you off the next ones and there's no late fees. Um, it's it's a set amount that you're paying each month, so it's if it, it it could be very convenient for you and very cost effective to viewing these Doctor Who episodes, these DVDs, especially if you're not familiar with which ones to get, which ones you might enjoy. This gives you sort of a risk-free uh, way to kind of you know if you're already subscribed to Netflix anyway to catch these um, classic Doctor Who stories. Yeah, I know uh, Ashley who sent in uh, the voice one of the voicemails today. Uh, she started to get her mum into to the first series of Doctor Who via Netflix. Mm. Uh, so it, it, she was really recommending it and saying that it was really superb. Uh, sadly, we can't get Netflix here in the UK, but I know that Amazon do offer a similar service. So uh, in case there are any newbies here in the UK. Uh, and also, I think there's a lot of uh, stuff um, on UK TV Gold a lot of Doctor Who repeated. And if you're in Canada, I think on BBC Kids, they repeat Doctor Who quite a bit. But uh, certainly Netflix and Amazon, I think, are the way to go if you're looking for a, a particular story or just searching for uh, a DVD of choice to, uh, to be sent straight to your door. 
And James, you were right. As soon as that episode of Potshock went out, we were inundated with emails saying, you forgot Netflix. What about Netflix? And it's a lot of people, and you know, our listeners uh, out there use Netflix. And uh, so uh, we do, you know, apologize for we weren't, you know, we didn't you know, mean to neglect them. But um, it's thank you for bringing it to our attention. And we're bringing it to our listeners' attention now. Okay, so now I have an email from uh, Steve, also known as Superius on the forums, uh, and he's, the subject is, of course, sci-fi ads. Uh, we've moaned a lot in the past, I, I think especially when Doctor Who first came over to the sci-fi channel, about their pop-up ads, and this is an email mm. kind of relating to that. Uh, he says, hi, gang. I hope everything is going well, and I just wanted to say, keep up the great work. Uh, with that out of the way, I have some interesting news that uh, I know some of you will be impressed with. I was watching the latest episode of Stargate SG-1. Yeah, yeah, I know. And during the last episode, a small animated ad for Doctor Who showed up in the bottom left of the screen. I know you guys have been upset with the sci-fi network for putting junk like that in Doctor Who. Well, it is nice to see them putting it into one of their flagship shows for Doctor Who. Maybe sci-fi finally realizes how strong of a show it can be for their lineup and are finally treating it with some respect. Cheers, Steve. So, uh, I don't know, Ken, are you quite pleased with this result? Because I think it's pretty awesome that they're doing this instead of having those rubbishy ones for, what was it, Ghost Hunters or something you yeah. were saying? Uh, was... I'm, I'm to see that, uh, you know, it was, we, knew, we knew as Doctor Who fans, we were very confident that once the show was aired that people would see, you know, what it's all about and how great it can be. And this is just proof. What Stephen doesn't mention was, and I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I'm curious on what the pop-up is. Did it have like a little TARDIS that materializes on the screen? And did they have the TARDIS sound? Because they tend, they love to do those little audio things with these pop-up ads. And so now I'm just curious on how they actually did it. Or was it just their Doctor Who, you know, the Sci-Fi Channel has their own Doctor Who logo that they use. Was it just their logo and, and that was it, you know? I don't know. Text info. Good question, because as we were saying before, it really annoys us that they put um, daft sound into pop-ups as well, which is probably m the most annoying thing. So, yes. and, and just because they're doing one for Dart 2 doesn't mean that we're advocating pop-up ads. Oh, no, ads. no, no. <laughs> but we're, we're just saying we're not putting it past them that there would yeah. be a TARDIS grow. I'm just curious on, on how they executed it. Okay. Yeah, so if anybody knows or has spotted that, please do send us an email, because I'd like to know as well how they're handling this sort of thing. Anyway, so next email. This is uh, a subject called Smash from a chap called Billy. He says, hi, Podshock. Regarding Kenneth's... Oh, there you go. You're Kenneth now, Ken. Uh, mm -hmm. Feedback section on episode 50. I haven't heard that advert with the aliens for 30-plus years from when I lived in the UK. I'm now in Australia. What a great piece of nostalgia. It gave me a real laugh. Contrary to the uh, stick I put up with the wife and kids being an old Doctor Who enthusiast, I still watch it and have watched it for over 30 years. Great to know I can take great comfort in the fact that I'm part of a huge global Doctor Who community. I don't think there's so many where I live. I'm loving the podcast. The reviews and comments are, are great. Keep it up. 
Regards, Billy. P.S. James, you coming from Yorkshire and me from Lancashire. I don't think I should be talking to you. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky Lancastrian git. But yeah. It must be sports related thing. I don't know at the end. <laughs> sports related and rival related. But yeah, cheers, man. That's superb. Thanks for the, the email there. And uh, the Kenneth he's speaking of is not Kenny Ken Deep here. It's Kenneth the voice who had sent in a voicemail oh, message okay, and played, okay. and played a, a advert in the voicemail. Uh, yeah, feed, the whole feedback. smash the, for Mash Get mm. Smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering why he was calling you Kenneth. Ken, I thought that's <laughs> being very uh, formal. Yeah, <laughs> Kenneth. Mr. Kenneth Deep. Mm. I'm gonna have a tie and a collar. You know, Okay, so uh, I guess uh, maybe one just quick last email. Sure. Uh, and this is from uh, a person called Suzar, who has emailed in before. I know, I recognize the name uh, from Brockworth, uh, wherever that may be. Uh, here's an interesting topic for debate on the podcast. When should the next Doctor Who series start to be broadcast in Britain to maximize audience ratings? I tend to favour January uh, start uh, through to early April, as most people will have more nights in then. We have seen that the later the series is shown, the better the weather and the, the more the ratings will drop off. Series 2 was shown later than Series 1, so maybe the BBC are experimenting. I realised that Series 2 ratings were still very good, but there were worries mid-season when the figures dropped to around 6.5 million. Also, I have heard that the American series of Doctor Who is to be commissioned on a two-series basis. In other words, Series 4 and 5 will be commissioned during Series 3 and Series 6 and 7 during Series 5. After that, all contracts will have to be rearranged. I've also heard that Russell T. Davies has stated that he will stay until Series 7. Thanks for the best podcast about Doctor Who on the net. I don't mind how long you make your casts as I work it out, <laughs> and it's great entertainment. Yeah, lots of stuff to discuss there. Um, well, I... Here at Podshock, we've never really been too bothered about ratings ourselves, I guess. Um, mainly because we know how good Doctor Who is. And we know it's going to succeed as a, a TV show. I just guess when it's scheduled, for me, is is really, um, I suppose, a, a technicality. I, I can't speak for, for Lewis and Ken. Um, but uh, that aside, I... I, I do think that it's important that they do schedule it at a time where a lot of people can see it. Uh, we talked about earlier on in the show now that it really is becoming more TV on demand, and eventually, you know, they won't. Be, I guess ratings won't be important at all anymore because they'll just look at the number of downloads or the number of, uh, you know, it's 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 not as important ratings for me. I don't think because. Suck because they'll actually have real numbers. Yeah, exactly. Rather and than just estimates. But for better or for worse, great shows may you know, shows that they assume are high rated will be proven to be baloney, and shows that like Doctor Who, where they try to write it off, and they'll go, "Wait a minute, we thought they had 
according to the ratings, we only had, you know, 6 million people, but 22 million people downloaded it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But I think also uh, it's been the case with things like uh, Family Guy, which the I think it's, it was it on Fox or something, and Fox cancelled it. Yes, and then it went. Then it had a successful run on uh, you know in DVD sales, and then Fox rethought their decision and brought it back. Yeah, exactly. So it just goes to show you. I guess that's why here at Podshop we're not too worried about ratings, and we certainly hope that the BBC isn't so worried about ratings too because if, if the weather's going to throw it off then really I, I think that, uh, that they can't be too worried about it because I guess if, if people know that it's a good show they may set their video recorders, they may watch a repeat, you know, they'll get around that and I think it's, it's more, in, it is important to have it at a, at a good time where a lot of people can see it um, but I, I don't, I'm not too worried about them rescheduling it to January. I think uh, the way it is at the moment works quite well because it gives you enough time, I think, between the Christmas episode to kind of... Uh, well, I, I kind of liked it last series because it gave you enough time for David Tennant to feel like a natural choice for the Doctor and for you to have warmed to him by the time the first series came around. I don't know if this is going to be the case this time, but I, I don't know. I think it works quite well. But if the BBC decide to reschedule it, I've got no problem with that. Well, because of the production time and the, and the turnaround time with the episodes, and now since the, you know has to you know most episodes have to go to the mill, and this special effects need to be added, the post production time factor involved. I, I don't foresee it, um, you know, premiering any time yeah. earlier. You know, I know Ken and I have often spoken that. Probably the, the the best time for Doctor Who would be like November when you know the series first aired and when it, it's getting darker later uh, earlier rather and people are more apt to be at home watching television and since Doctor Who is considered family viewing you would get the maximum you know um, people for that time slot so um, but but I think right now if, if the only way we would have Doctor Who, I mean they, they would they wouldn't be able to push it up for because of the production time they can only push it back and we, you know we don't want to advocate for that so um you know we'll be happy you know for a march april release again yeah i, I hadn't thought about it like that lewis that's great thanks for bringing that insight because i guess as a viewer it's very easy to ignore the fact that you know these things have to be in production and it does take time for them to put it out, and it maybe it's just not possible, even if they wanted to reschedule it for another time. Yeah. Just time constraints won't allow that. Um, it's very easy as a viewer to forget that how much work goes into uh, getting Doctor Who out there, um, and indeed what a long process and technically difficult process, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, often the, the episodes are being worked on simultaneously where they're being overlapped. Even if, um, you know, they may be shooting one episode, uh, doesn't mean they're completed the, the, the one they just shot. That's still in post-production work, and um, it's, it's an ongoing cycle, and you, you can only compress it so much. Mm -hmm. Ken, any thoughts? Nope. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's that time in the podcast where Ken just it's trails right, off. It's, the part of, it's part of the podcast where where I say, let's uh, let's call it a day. No comment yeah. at this time. <laughs> let's call it a day. It's 
been great to to be back, and I'm I'm really not surprised that uh, that people have thought that uh, that I've been leaving because we just haven't done a show in forever. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Torchwood, and uh, yeah, we'll hopefully have the chance to express some of our opinions about that after we've seen it, um, and equally also. Uh, Episodes of Doctor Who later mm -hmm. on. Well, because... at the time of this, um, at the time of this recording, we have seventy-seven days until the Runaway Bride. So, absolutely, it's not a, it's not a great deal of time. What's that? Yeah. Maybe six or seven pod shocks, something like that. That's mm -hmm. not... Yeah, if you want to break it up into that point, yeah, that makes it's... it easier to digest. <laughs> so it's not it's not that long. It's not that long at all. So. But anyway, I just wanted to say it's great to be back and we're sorry that we've had uh, yeah. a little bit of a hiatus for a while. Michael Grade was on our case. We had to, uh, <laughs> we had to sort him out. But it's great to be back and it's great to be, uh, to be chatting with you guys as, as, as always. Yes, and we do appreciate all our listeners and uh, your feedback. And um, so it's... And I'm sure Ken does as well. I do, I do. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, until next time, so long, cheers, and we'll have a good one. Next podcast. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. I am not amused. Hi, I'm Damien Lacedamian of ThisSpartanLife.com, the talk show in game space. We shoot our show in a multiplayer game online, where the virtual munitions are always blazing, and sometimes you just end up a number in the kill count of some guy with a name like Dirty Smurf 293 But after all our hard work, we're glad to present the fruits of our labor on a free internet, where people can get our videos and our ideas just as easily as they can shop for CDs or t-shirts or anything. But if some of the telecoms have their way, the internet could become a place that's even more dangerous than this. Dangerous because people won't have such easy access to the kind of democratic media that's flourishing here now. The stuff that made the internet worthwhile in the first place. Innovation will suffer, diversity will be squeezed out, and the telecoms don't need a plasma rifle to enforce their rules. Just a flip of the virtual switch and you get this. Let's not let that happen to the net. Call your congressman today and demand that they act now to write net neutrality into law. And vive la net! It's okay, I get unlimited lives here.